Good morning, everyone. Please stand if you are able for the reading of God's holy word. You get to read it all with me today. We have three verses. They're all in bold. That means we're all on at the same time. So read all three verses with me. And here we go. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you believe that the year has flown right by? We've approached this uh, last Sunday of the year with a new year right around the corner. For me, at times, this year seemed to have uh, whizzed right by, and others uh, seemed to stand still, absolutely still. Um, but I feel like with Advent and with Christmas, it's kind of just snuck up on me. Well, 2021 has uh, certainly been filled with many stories. I'm sure each of you have your own story and memories of this past year. I'm sure there are many, uh, good and bad, uh, joyous and difficult. But despite the pandemic, there are many highlights from the past year. Most recently, we had our first potluck in over 21 months. We've had numerous babies born this year and numerous babies baptized this year. At one point over a six-week period, we, in March and April, we had 13 babies baptized. We had new members join the church. We went from being under the tent on the parking lot to under the tent on the lawn to finally back indoors all in 2021. We raised over $9,000 to donate to World Relief, to a VBS in Compton, and to hold our very own, our first VBS on the lawn. We learned, some of us, how to do tech at our church, to be able to live stream and to have a stream on a TV just right outside while holding a service inside. We held Palm Sunday with palms and Easter Sunday with brightly colored cloth streamers that hung in our tent. And again, that was all this year. As for me, I had my first ever surgery. I'm not sure if this is a highlight. Well, maybe the highlight is, on the plus side, I've lost a little weight because of it. My first son, my first one, uh, started college. He finished his first quarter. My second one started driving this year. My third one made her freshman high school volleyball team, and there's so many more, but I don't want this to sound like a, a Christmas update letter, so I will stop. Both you and I both know that this year hasn't been just a highlight reel. There have uh, certainly been our fair share of difficulties and hardships. We have lost a job or maybe a pay cut this year. Maybe some of you have, have had difficulties in marriage, maybe difficulties in friendships. 
We may have heard some difficult news of the health of family members or of close friends. We may have had difficulties with our own health. Some have lost loved ones this year. For some, it has been a very difficult year. But it doesn't just come during a pandemic season, but with life. Many of us may be exhausted from new routines, constant changes, strained relationships, financial difficulties, new stresses, old stressors, strenuous jobs, difficult bosses, difficulty getting good sleep. There's a never-ending list. And for others, maybe a deep soul weariness. We all experience it, though, in different ways and for different reasons. And in the midst of all of these things, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the New Living Translation's paraphrasing of verse 30. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. You see, the idea of taking off and putting on is a theme laden throughout the Bible. You see it with the first man and the first woman in the book of Genesis. They find themselves ashamed and naked in the garden after they sin against God and hastily construct fig leaves to cover themselves, and to this, God provides a better covering. The writer of Hebrews in the New Testament reads, uh, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. The NIV says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Or in Paul's letters, one of the constant themes is putting off of the old nature and putting on the new. Listen to what it says in Colossians. Paul writes, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Paul knew that stuff can keep you from running the race with perseverance. He knew the importance of of daily regiment, a daily routine that can keep us in shape in our spiritual lives. And so he wrote those words, take off the old self, put to death the old self, and put on the new man. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, as Mia mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the, the old is gone and the new has come. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. To give you a little context, everything was happening like clockwork when Jesus came. Every prophecy of the Old Testament was being fulfilled. There were signs, there were wonders, there were healings. There were demons being cast out of people. Everything was going according to plan until, that's, until we reach Matthew 11. The disciples were being rejected. Jesus was being rejected. Chapter 11 presents us with a, with a bleak picture. Jesus had come to save his own people, and yet they don't want him. He's come preaching and healing and ministering mercy, and they denounce him. As you can imagine, the disciples being very discouraged in the face of these difficulties and storms of life that Jesus says so clearly, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. 
When I look at these short uh, three verses, there's a simplicity of Jesus' promise that's both striking and refreshing. Jesus does not offer us a fourfold path to peace, giving enlightenment like the Buddha did. He doesn't give us five pillars of peace through submission as Islam does. Nor does he give us ten ways to relieve your weariness, which we pragmatic, self-help-oriented 21st century Americans are so drawn to. Give us steps. Give us a plan. But in the words of Jesus, he says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. First, Jesus tells us simply to come. It stands in stark contrast to carrying it on our own and going about it our own way. Jesus simply invites people to come to him rather than trying to do it on our own. A passage in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6 says something very similar about our nature. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. Again, this own way is what Jesus is, is confronting. Our own way of trying to figure life out. And yet, in the midst of all this, Jesus says, come to me. But you see, trying to do it our own way, our own way is our natural tendency. I think I've uh, quoted Frank Sinatra before, again, his song, My Way, but I think it's really the, the epitome of the, the, human, the human nature. I love the song, and so please don't get anything. Uh, I, I don't mean to uh, use the song as a, as a negative illustration, but I am, but I love the song. And he says, now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friends, I'll say it clear. I'll state my, uh, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Don't ask me to sing. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you know, when I bit off more than I could chew, but through it all, when there was doubts. I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall and I did it my way. I've loved, I've laughed and cried. I've had my fill, my share of losing. And now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think that I did that. And may I say, not in a shy way. No, oh no, not me. I did it my way. For what is a man that he has got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. The word to come stands in stark contrast to doing it our own way. Often when my kids were younger, when they got frustrated trying to figure out, figure something out, I would, they would sit there and cry or whine. I would simply tell them, come. I will help you. Jesus gives us this invitation to come. In Luke chapter 11, there's this interesting story of uh, Jesus speaking with the Pharisees. Uh, let me read that section for you. And again, verse 37 says, while Jesus was speaking, 
a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. And then in verse 38, so the Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Again, this is not a, uh, a washing of hygiene, but more a ceremonial washing that uh, the Pharisees were, were rebuking Jesus. And in verse 46, this is how Jesus responds. He said, Woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. And Jesus is confronting that same type of, of stubbornness, trying to do it our own way, trying to follow some sort of a system, trying to fulfill the, the law by our own merits, by our own efforts. That again, he confronts the Pharisees and says, well, look at you. You're trying to do it your own way. Look at the way you, you put these burdens on people, and yet you don't place the burdens on yourselves. And in the same context, Jesus says to the people who are there, to his disciples particularly, he says, come to me. Me is a personal pronoun. The Pharisees basically say, do as we say, obey our system. But instead, Jesus says, come to me. What does it mean to come to him? It's a call to turn from whatever we are presently depending, presently depending on. Again, it's a, an invitation to come to him as a relief from our hardships, a relief from our difficulties, a relief from our suffering, a relief from our oppressions. And Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says it's a relief from the ways we've been trying to do things on our own. Again, thinking that perhaps religion or organized religion or maybe even the church as a way of, of resolving this, this burden that we carry. And yet Jesus says, no, this invitation is a personal one. And again, this, this me is a personal pronoun that says, come to me, come to, to Jesus and, and follow me. This is not a call to a program nor a system of religion, not to a church. And while God uses the church and God uses people and God uses the theological systems, again, this call to follow is an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. The words come to me is an invitation from God to the sinner, to you and me, through Jesus. Christ is the one who does the initiating on the Father's behalf. God invites us to have fellowship with His Son. And so Jesus says, come to me. We read further in the text. Secondly, Jesus says, take, take my yoke upon you. Here the command to take up His yoke, which stands in stark contrast to the carrying of our heavy burdens, because you, you see, no person is able to carry them or bear them alone, not even the best of them. We were designed to depend on God. In verse 29, it reads, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You see, a yoke might slow us down. A yoke might speed us up, for, but for most of, all, uh, most of us, it keeps us from wandering in our own direction. The point is that Jesus controls his side of the yoke. The yoke is his. He leads us. And when we put our heads in it, we are constrained to follow his lead. 
Well, you might ask, well, how do I put my head in that yoke? It's not hard. That, that come to me takes all the harshness and all the hardness out of the situation. His gentle and humble words take the fear away that a yoke might otherwise present. Where else will we want to, where else will we want to be? The yoke in this case becomes an opportunity for us and not a threat. Think of marriage. When a person gets married, the man and woman deliberately restrains his freedom to be a part of this covenant. But they don't think of marriage as constraining their freedom, but liberating it. They look at it as if they're getting more delight and more freedom. And this is true of the yoke of Jesus. We are never so free when we are abiding in Christ. It's a call for people to exchange their yoke. It's a call to exchange our heavy yoke with the light yoke of Christ. It's a turn away from, again, for them in those times, a, a turn away from current religious authorities who weren't meeting their spiritual needs. Uh, the yoke of Phariseeism was a heavy obligation. But again, Jesus promises us the yoke of Christ is light. There's no need to follow these binding laws, but that Jesus comes and he fulfills the law. And Jesus offered a yoke that was easy, comfortable, well-suited for us. I had a chance to listen to the uh, radio, this Christian radio this week, and as I was listening, one pastor said something that was real, it bothered me a little bit uh, on the radio. Um, said when, you know, God promises never to bring harm to you. I'm not sure if that ever is the case. I think uh, you and I both know as believers, you and I both know as followers of Jesus that there are difficult times that come. There are times when we feel harmed and we feel hurt and the cause of our suffering in this world. I think the promise is this, is when we go through harm, God is with us. And that us is this yoking together of, uh, of us with Christ so that, again, He shares our burdens. He realizes our pains and He promises to be with us. And then He exchanges, again, the, the heavy burdens that we carry and He gives us the, the light yoke of Christ. Take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And then he says, uh, take, take my yoke upon you. And the third part of this, as we look at this, this uh, short little section here, he says, and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus tells us, learn from me. This verb is a continuous present tense. It's an always and everyday type of learning, learning that we do as disciples and, and learning to lean on him, a process of discipleship, a journey in growth and, and Christ-likeness, something that we do every day. It's not just a one-time thing, but we learn it over and over and over again because you and I both know 
how much learning we have to do. And he promises us rest. Why does he tell us to put on his yoke? A yoke is placed on a beast, a burden, in order to do some work, and yet Jesus is offering us rest. So which is it? Is it rest or work? Jesus answered this question in John chapter 6, verse 29. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent me. I'm sorry, him who he has sent. And he answered in John chapter 15, verse 4, Abide in me like a branch in a vine. Believe and abide. That really is the work God requires of us. Faith, believing and abiding, is resting on the hopeful promises of God. Again, this is the yoke that Jesus calls us to put on. What is happening here is a yoke exchange. On the cross, Jesus takes our inconceivably and unbearably heavy yoke of sin and condemnation and penalty and offers us in exchange the easy yoke and light burden of simply trusting in Him. God does all the work in Christ. Christ. 